This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I ought to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'll I'll never go back. uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. I'm too old. I mean, there's there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this. We are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horstman to the inside. He's got Max Stambaugh picked off. He's around Chase Ryan now. Jared Horstman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace his tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. Joe Westbrook, driver of the Hills Racing 47 This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans, and welcome into Horsepower Happenings on a brand new season. Welcome to season number four with Zach Heiser and Rich France. Man, time flies when you're having fun. A lot to dive into tonight, but first, let's take a look at what's happening in a Motor City Minute. Josh Berry getting set to begin his NASCAR career at Daytona next week, but before he can do so, he had a goodbye message. The icebreaker at Florence Speedway for the late model stocks. Berry picked up the win by over seven seconds in the 125-lap main event on Saturday. While we're talking about late models, how about Brian Demlin? This driver was in and out of the Jags Tour all season long. He uh, had a rookie season with them in 2021. Did a nice job, and now he's announced his plans to race full-time in the Jags CRA All-Stars Tour for the upcoming 2022 season. Um, He uh, says, quote, he's pretty optimistic going into the 2022 season. Will be better prepared and more focused to be able to achieve the goals we have set as a team. End quote. How about Derek Thorne? Six Southwest Tour Championships and the most dominant figure in the region over the past decade, with two other NASCAR Canon Pro Series West Championships on his resume. He uh, went back to victory lane over the weekend. Could you could you say that you're surprised to hear that? I don't think so. Thorne picked up the win as uh, he went to victory lane at Irwindale Speedway. Did you know there was another race going on near the LA Coliseum? Yeah, just up the street a little bit, Irwindale, the the OG racetrack in LA. Uh, The All-Star Showdown went to Derek Thorne. And that's what's happening in a Motor City Minute here on Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, welcome in, I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France for season four continues to join me from across the way. Welcome, Zach. How you doing, man? Ready ready for another action-packed season, right? I can't wait. Uh, This is, uh, again, the first Monday of February. Kicks off our new season. It kicks us into Speed Week's coverage. And, man, we're looking forward to another fantastic season. But, Rich, unfortunately, which has been the M.O. for the last, well, about year and a half, two years, uh, every once in a while we got to start with with, uh, some sad news and keep everybody up to date on what's going on. Yeah, Zach, I, I think this one, um, you know, kind of hits closer to the Horsepower Happenings family than most of them because uh, we are very, very tight with this family. But sad news to report uh, on Monday, e- on this Monday evening, is, as we found out yesterday, that Bob Finley, the patriarch of the Finley Racing family, uh, passed away on Saturday night. Bob had been fighting dementia in recent years. Uh, Bob was also the catalyst behind Northside Towing and Service. Bob was inducted to the Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame back in 2006. Of course, Bob's son Jeff and Doug, Bob's sons Jeff and Doug 
We're also in, uh, inducted into the Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame as well. And his grandson, Chad, now enjoying a very successful racing career on pavement and dirt. Zach, no arrangements have been released at this time, but uh, obviously our thoughts and prayers go out to the entire Finley family during this tough, difficult time. And uh, it's unfortunate, too, that I got to follow that up with uh, really sad news, kind of of our, of our own. Horsepower Happenings has, has grown a relationship with the Great Lakes Super Sprints family and the Great Lakes family of sprint cars. And, Rich, we joined the Great Lakes Super Sprints in offering condolences to the friends and family of Travis Parks. Travis uh, was, was a great person in the organization. He had a lot of energy and a lot of fire for sprint car racing. He was probably most recognizable as the Turn 4 chalk line guy. He was the guy that was responsible for uh, running out to Turn 4 and laying down the start and restart line for the Great Lakes races uh, he had a long fight with cancer. We heard about this last year during the season, and unfortunately he lost that fight this morning. He passed away early at his home. So really sad news uh, to start our shows, but, Rich, I think that uh, I speak for everybody when I say our thoughts and prayers are with both of those families right now. Yeah, I wish we could get out of this rut. You know, Zach, it's, I mean, you know, we've had a lot of issues. Um, obviously the pandemic throughout the last couple of years, um, but but none of these had anything to do with that. This was... Um, just a couple of really good people in our racing community that um, we just wish would have been around a little longer. That's right. All right, let's talk about race cars and racing. That's what those folks would want us to do. And you remember a couple of weeks ago we had a young man on who was going to race pretty much every race car that they had available in any circuit in any state, that guy being Chase Berta. Well, he's officially released part of their schedule. The Asphalt Super and Pro Late Model schedule for Chase Berta Motorsports has been released. Uh, there will be some random, this is what they say here, I'm quoting, random dirt tracks when I'm not running pavement, end quote. It says to stay tuned for a dirt schedule, and they hope to see some races. Chase Berta going to start off March 5th at Showtime Raceway, Rich France. Don't you have a vacation scheduled around that time? March 5th? Yes. You'll be gone by then. I will be there. You will. I will I, well, I will, yeah, because I, I didn't say I would be at Showtime, but it sounds like I'm going to be at Showtime. Uh, uh, yes, I will be 20 minutes from Showtime Speedway on March 5th. All right, yes. rest I'm of the- on my vacation, so thanks for telling me that. I will put it in the calendar. <laughs> so Chase Berta will be at Showtime racing a super late model. Rest of the calendar a little bit easier for us to get to. Really some intriguing dates on this calendar for Chase Berta. He'll uh, open up the home schedule at Birch Run Speedway with the pro late model on April 30th. Then he'll go May 7th to Berlin Raceway with a super late model back there on May 28th. How about this in June? Back to Berlin with a super late model on the 8th. But they're going to track down the Milwaukee Mile on June 19th for some super late model action. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling the way you're feeling, Rich France. Wide-eyed and intrigued. Milwaukee Mile for uh, Chase uh, Berta. Oh, uh, You know what? I, I, You know, Chase can wheel a race car. No doubt about that. But I, I don't know if that's a big... That's a big bike to chew off the Milwaukee Mile. Um, we'll have to see how that that one goes. Not not that I don't uh, think he can handle it, but I, boy, just um, f- I think this first year in a super late model. Anyway, yeah. um, we'll have to see how that goes. I know I'm not going to make it over to Milwaukee. 
that's for sure. But I hope I hope it's uh, on some kind of pay per view because I'd like to t- check that out. July is a busy busy month for late model racing for Chase Birch Run Speedway on the second with a pro late model, Nashville Fairground Speedway on the ninth for a pro late model. Back to Berlin with a super Lucas Oil Raceway or uh, back didn't they rename it? Didn't they put it back to um, to its original IRP name, Indianapolis Raceway Park, presented by Lucas Oil or something like that? Yeah, it was know. Lucas Oil Raceway when I was there last summer, so I don't know what they've done. You know, we don't spend a lot of time in in the Indianapolis area, so I don't know what's going on, but they, they could have changed it back. But at any rate, uh, July 30th, super late model action there for Chase Berta. One race in August. I bet that we're going to see some dirt racing in August. Um, Berlin Speedway, or Berlin Raceway, rather, for the super late model. September 10th, Berlin Raceway, or excuse me, Birch Run Speedway in the pro late model. Rich, September 17th, ring a bell to you for uh, for racing yeah it sure does are you kidding me they have it on their schedule don't they toledo speedway in a super late model september 17th i believe that's the glass city 200 it sure is and i know someone else uh who put it on their schedule but we can't announce it yet we'll have to wait till we get him on the program a little tease yes yes a little bit of a tease so uh in a next in the next few weeks here we'll have him on the program and he'll be announcing that he'll be at the Glass City 200 as and well. And by the way, looking for sweet redemption, Chase Berta ends the uh, late model calendar with a pro and super late model appearance at Winchester Speedway, October 15th and 16th. You know that kid's got a bad taste in his mouth after what happened. He thought he could win that race in the pro late model for sure, so he's going back. Yeah, Zach, we were there. That place owes him a little bit of something after last year. So uh, I'm glad to see that they're not afraid and they're going to go back after it. Well, hey, we talked about the new season means Speed Weeks are here. You have had your finger on the pulse of all things Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Racing here over the last week or so. What do you got? Yep, Zach. So uh, Brandon Shepard started from the pole last Thursday and wound up leading 39 of 40 laps uh, in event number six of the 2022 Lucas Oil Dirt Late Model Series season, at uh, this time at Alltech Raceway in Lake City, Florida. Shepard would have to fight off Ricky Thornton Jr. throughout the first half of the event. But a late caution with three laps remaining would eliminate a two-and-a-half-second lead for Bishop and shake up the top five. On the restart, Thornton would have issues, falling from second to fifth. Jonathan Davenport would take over the runner-up spot, uh, coming to the white flag. But it was two-time winner in 2022, Devin Moran, who would charge from fifth to second in the final laps, as Davenport would have electrical issues coming to the checkers and would end up third. The win was Shepard's first win of the seri- in the series of 2022, taking home a cool $10,000. Moran would pick up his fourth runner-up finish uh, to go with two wins in the first six series events, so a pretty good start for Devin Moran. And uh, Zach, with Mother Nature staking her claim to Friday night's event, it was on to Saturday for the final round of the weekend for the series. Following a frustrating start to the 2022 season, Four-time Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series national champion Jimmy Owens rebounded on Saturday night. The 50-year-old Tennessee native earned a hard-fought $15,000 victory in the General Tire Winter National Saturday at Alltech Raceway. The 50-lap event started off with Tyler Erb grabbing the early lead until Devin Moran took over the point on lap number eight. However, the race could not build any momentum as there were five cautions in the first 11 laps. The race would go green the rest of the way. Uh, after the restart with Owens making his move around Tim McCready for the lead on lap 43 and pull away for almost a three second advantage at the finish. McCready 
the reigning series champion, finished second, followed by Jonathan Davenport, Moran, Brandon Shepard. Uh, Owens becomes the fifth different winner in the first seven races of the 22 season, picking up his 78th career Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series victory in the process. Zach, the series now moves on to East Bay Raceway Park for the 46th annual Risco Winter Nationals, which kicked off tonight. Uh, and hopefully I'll be able to catch a little bit of that when we're done with the show. Absolutely. And uh, looking forward to that as well. Um, I don't really have anything else, Rich. It's been kind of a slow week for news, really, uh, as we, I mean, aside from speed weeks, right? Do you want to talk about what we witnessed yesterday? <laughs> we have to, don't we? I mean, I mean, we do have to at some point, or I can let you off the hook and you can just talk about Bertrand Speedway. I know you've got something prepared on that because I'm fully ready to light you up about yesterday. Let's go, Zach. Let's talk about the Coliseum. All right. NASCAR opens up a new generation of racing, and they do it at a brand-new venue. The next-gen car is unveiled for for its first official laps of competition for the Clash at the Coliseum. Um, NASCAR classic fans not excited about the Bush-like Clash being anywhere but Daytona International Speedway. Those same fans also not 100% on board with the next-gen car. Mix the two together, and, well, guess what? They still watch the race to see exactly what unfolded. Rich France sits on that side of the fence. I actually surprisingly sit on the side of the fence where I was entertained. So what happened? Let me tell you that, then we'll discuss. Joey Logano held off a late-race charge from Kyle Busch to win the clash at the Coliseum. He led the final 35 laps and took the checkered flag as they got into lap traffic. It's his technically second win in the clash as a Team Penske driver. He only led once during the 150-lap exhibition race, and it was what led him to the checker. Uh, Bush finished second. He led a lot of laps. Probably the heartbreak of the night was Tyler Reddick. Uh, That kid was fast early. He probably was going to be the car to beat. He had a mechanical failure getting set for a uh, restart, and that relegated him to the infield. Uh, Oh, in all... Uh, by the way, we look at uh, the rundown. Uh, I had somebody ask me today. They said, well, what about where where'd my guy Kyle Larson finish? He ended up fifth. He kind of struggled uh, there on, on the short track. And I actually don't see the full rundown of the results from that race. But nonetheless, Joey Logano wins. Kyle Busch finishes second. I was entertained. Would have liked to have seen it be a little bit closer at the finish, just based on what we saw throughout the rest of the day. Qualifying. Heat races, LCQs, and a 150-lap main event. I was there for it. Uh, well, Zach, I do have some yeah. things I didn't like, but I'm going to let you uh, you speak on, on, it, on it first. Well, I was watching it all afternoon because I didn't feel it would be fair to speak on it if I didn't even watch every bit of it, all of the on-track activity right. during the day, right? Um, I can't say the same for the people at the L.A. Coliseum. Because at the beginning, no one was in that building. You're 100% right about that. (laughs) Okay. Uh, All of a sudden, they showed up or they started giving tickets away on the street when nobody was in that building because it was packed for the 150-lap feature event. But not for the rest of the day, it wasn't. Uh, It was relatively red. And what I mean by red is that's the color of the seats at the L.A. County, L.A. Coliseum. But, Zach, um, I I was a little disappointed early. there was no racing. It was all just rough uh, all the way up through the last chance races. 
the second last trance race borderline embarrassing to me uh, with what was going on. Caution after caution, wreck after wreck. Uh, it sure wasn't racing to me. And then they finally got to the 150 lap feature event and uh, we watched a, you know, 50 or 60,000 people inside the LA Coliseum watch a train just run around the tracks and single file, no two grooves, uh, no passing on the outside. Two cars could not run side by side on that track whatsoever. Um, so I guess if, if you are, I, if you liked it, you're probably a pit bull, pit bull fan. Huh. Um, right. Or, or you left the entertainment. You knew Fox was going to do some entertainment because they were in with it, in with NASCAR on this presentation, right. On this event. So Fox was going to do something uh, on the presentation side, and that's fine. They had all the fans up there going and and getting wild, and and that was cool. But for the on-track racing, uh, I guess the cars are kind of growing on me a little bit. Uh, I guess the longer you look at them, the looks of them aren't so bad, you know. But uh, what does worry me is the Tyler Reddick issue. All he was was scuffing tires, uh, just getting some heat in his tires for a restart, and broke a transaxle. I don't know if that's going to be a problem with this new car, what's going on with it, but he's not the only one that had problems. Now, I do want to just correct uh, or maybe play devil's advocate on one thing. Now, for a majority of the race, there was no outside line, for sure. You got rooted up to the outside line. You weren't doing anything. However, key moment of the race, all-star performance, move of the race. Remember that? Remember when we used to do those? Yes, I remember doing that, yes. Um, all-star performance move of the race is a restart where Joey Logano elects to take the outside Rich France, and he hangs with Kyle Busch, and he actually gets such a run off turn four, he's able to put to pinch KB down. KB gets loose. They cross the start-finish line. Joey Logano is ahead. Caution comes out. Joey Logano goes on to win the race. Yeah, uh, by fate, right? I mean, definitely, definitely some luck there, but my point is he hung on the outside of Kyle Busch for a lap and a half and ended up with the lead. Well, a lot of guys did it for a lap and a half, and then right. they fell straight. Then that, then that boat chain just took him straight to the back, uh, and they're all just fighting for a place to get down. You could see that. It was all, all race long. Everybody's fighting to get to the bottom. Right. When there wasn't room, they're trying to get to the bottom. It um, did, though. So. I thought it was interesting. You know, Mike Joy and and Tony Stewart and Clint Boyer, they kept comparing it to Martinsville. And I do think that in some ways there were a lot of similarities to Martinsville. I go back to a an illustration that Daryl Waltrip made years ago when he was still in the booth. And he said, if you start to see separation, you're going to see guys start to get moved because the guy who is at the front of the second train is going too slow. Right, because he's allowing the rest of the field to get away. And that's exactly what you saw. If the front five were all nose to tail, they stayed pretty patient with one another. But the guy running sixth was getting his doors beat off by the guys running seventh and eighth because they were losing track with the front five. Um, I jokingly texted the general manager of Nashville Fairground Speedway and says, how hard do you think it would be to put safer barriers around the quarter mile and throw up a catch fence all the way around because – those limited late models that Nashville put on just as good as a show as those big cars did at the Coliseum. Let's move this race to Nashville and really see what it's about. Yeah. I mean, I guess I, I am. And we had this discussion last week, bottom line, I'm okay with cup series cars at a quarter mile. I think it was exciting. 
I don't know that it was exciting. Uh, I, I think, you know, with 35 laps ago, um, you know, Kyle Busch, 10 car lengths back or whatever it was, just following Joey Logano. I don't think, I don't think. You uh, didn't get excited when he started to gain in on him and, and there was a chance he was going to use. He never got close. To, he never got There was a chance he could have used it, the chrome horn and Logano's catching lap traffic and oh man. Even, even, even Kyle Busch's post-race interview said, I burned up my tires. I had nothing for him at the end. Um, and. He was upset, but that's because Kyle Busch had to use everything he had. He needed to try to use what he had to get to the point because there was no passing unless you move somebody. Uh, there just wasn't any. And I don't know. I don't know what would have happened if they were nose to tail. Oh, I know what would have happened. Do you remember Las Vegas somebody, 2017? Somebody got, yeah, somebody would have been bleeding in the infield. <laughs> but, that's, but that's whether Kyle Busch was in front or whether Joey Logano was in front. If, if they were nose to tail on the white flag lap, whoever was leading was getting moved. Um, and I don't, I don't necessarily think that's racing. If, if, it, if, if you think that's racing, that's fine. And to each their own. I think we have, we're all allowed to have our own, our own idea of what we like to see in racing. Um, just constantly moving people, it, it, to me, I would rather see side-by-side racing, constant battles, and, and and clean passing. That's what I would like to see. Not just, okay, if I'm going to move somebody, I'm going to boot them out of the way and drive by them. I guess, I guess my, my, my two summers of watching the quarter mile at Nashville, I knew exactly what this Coliseum was going to be about. It was going to be about protecting the inside. It was going to be about if you get shoved to the outside, you're filling a hole down the straightaway. And then you're probably going to get rooted in the next corner for filling a hole that somebody was getting ready to go in deep on. Um, that's exactly what they do every week at Nashville from Bandoleros to Legends to Pure Stocks to Limited Late Models. And uh, I went into this 150 laps knowing that that's what it was going to be about and tempers were going to flare. And you know what? The first couple of guys that got knocked out of the race, they were pretty calm. They were collected. They had smiles on their face. Then Ryan Blaney got booted. And then you saw it. Oh, yeah, this is a race. These guys are race car drivers. And you know what? Eric Jones pissed him off. <laughs> and yeah. I, lo- I love to see that. What, do I, what, do I, what am I critical about? You know what? I said this in our group, in our uh, thread. I'm not a fan of stage racing yet. That's going to take a really long time to grow on me. Therefore, I was not a fan of the halftime break at 75 laps. I'd have, I'd have preferred you just call it a competition caution or just break it up into two races with an invert or something. Do something creative with it. Don't call it halftime. And you know what? I, I'm sorry. Ice Cube's a little bit outside of my realm of music that I'm willing to listen to. <laughs> I will agree with you there, Rich France. It was more than Ice Cube. It was Pitbull as well. But, hey, you know uh, what? I can get down to some Mr. Worldwide, so I'm not going to go there. Yeah, but I will. I will just say so we so we can move on. Um, they they spent a lot of money on pavement there that they didn't need because they weren't using all of it, and they were never going to use all of it. So um, it, it looked nice. It, I'll give them that much. Man, they did a heck of a job. Uh, you know, having that thing set up in the Coliseum, boy, it it looked awesome. But um, with in the first race with these new cars on that little track. Um, there's no way it was going to be anything than what it was. I'm here for it. Uh, do I want them to go back to the Coliseum next year? No. Do I want them to go to Bowman Gray or Nashville or Anderson or do you want to keep going? You want, you want me to keep naming these pl- Flat Rock? Uh, let's do it. 
Let's go. Uh, I love it. Short track racing, Cup Series. Now comes the big test. I hope that they perform well. I hope these cars are exciting at Daytona. I hope they're exciting at Auto Club. I hope they're exciting at Las Vegas. I hope that the excitement of the race is back for the Cup Series. That's what I'm hoping. So, oh, I think they will be now. Uh, we just had to get this out of the way. All right. We'll look forward to seeing it. Well, Zach, it's time for our first interview of the night. And um, I don't know that we've had this many people on the phone lines at the same time here at Earth Power <laughs> Happenings. I think it may be a new record. But uh, first of all, we brought in one of our teammates here at Horsepower Happenings for tonight's interview. You can hear him on a weekly basis throughout the summer at the Birch Run Speedway and at the Owasso Speedway. He's also a now, we can tell him he, he is a Michigan Motorsports Hall of Famer. Big Ed Inlos, welcome to Horsepower Happenings, man. Hey, thanks a lot, guys, for having me. Appreciate it. Man, so, so you kind of worked this interview for us. Why don't you tell us who we got on the phone line, who we're going to talk to? All right. Well, I've had the pleasure of watching uh, this young man grow up. And, of course, I uh, met his dad out at uh, Spartan, Mount Corrigan, Oil Speedway now these days. Uh, I'm sure we'll all probably refer to it as Spartan as we go along here. But uh, just a young teenager in the grandstands and uh, have been able to follow his career along. And uh, um, joining Horsepower Athens with us, we have Max Price and John Price. Well, good evening, gentlemen. How, how's everybody doing? I'm doing great, and I'm pretty honored to be uh, featured on this podcast uh, alongside you guys, and glad to hear that this is the most people that we've had on the phone line. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, we had to bring in the big guns with Ed, and uh, you know, Ed, I think that's one of the things that you're really proud of is, as you mentioned, you've got a chance to watch this guy grow up. Yeah, oh yeah, and that was the, that's the whole thing, you know, uh, there at Spartan Speedway. Um, so, Max, some that's kind of where we want to start this at is a little bit of how, how did you uh, first get uh, started in racing? How did you start getting a love for it and how, you know, going out to Spartan Speedway? Oh, um, it definitely started when I was pretty much born. Uh, you know, my dad was doing drag racing and his dad was doing like road course with the Corvette. Um, you know, I have memories of my dad changing my diaper and, taking me to Spartan Speedway and watching the Bandoleros and late models and super late. So those were pretty fun. Um, I do remember the turning point though, where one day we were watching our friend Logan Houghton do his race in the Bandoleros. And he just turned to me and asked, do you want to do this? And I said, yeah, why not? Um, and then, then in the band, that's where it all started in the Bandoleros. How old were you? When was that? I think I was 13. Yeah, about 13, yeah. Maybe 12 and a half. How long did you run in the Bandoleros then, Max? I did about a year and a half of those. We started our first, um, first time in the Bandolero. We only got three races in because we started like way late in the season. I ended up winning my first two of the three, which were pretty fun. Um, you know, funny thing, before our first race in the Bandolero, I asked my dad, um, where do I go if I win? And he's like, well, <laughs> we're, not, we're not worried about that right yeah. now. And yeah, then, so we're worried about finishing the race and, and doing good out there, and uh, we'll, we'll worry about that later. And, uh, <laughs> uh, well, that, that was a pretty embarrassing moment for me, that's for sure. I had to 
kind of like, oh, my God, he won the race, and he doesn't know where to go. <laughs> you know, one of the things that I think of, and, and John, you know, Dad and, and Max as the son here, this Bandolero class um, really at that time, too, kind of new to our area. Was there any uh, hesitation to get into this uh, division that, you know, has only got a couple of years under its belt, especially especially at Corrigan Oil? Yeah, yes, but yeah, it, um, there was on my part a little bit of hesitation. Um, you just never know. They have been slow. Yeah, he's already thirteen. They age out at fourteen. How much? You know, and then will I be able to sell the car? That whole nine yards. So, uh, you know, fortunately, uh, the Adams put us in touch uh, uh, with Mike Logan, uh, Dan Logan's uh, brother, um, and he had a bando from his grandson that uh, that's what we tested with, and then we struck a deal with him to lease his car uh, for the following season. So it made it much more, uh, I guess, relaxing for me and easy for me to, um, to commit to doing it. But there was a good, you know, a good amount of kids at the time too. And just like in the other class, it goes up and down, up and down. I think this year it was a little light, but I know everybody's working hard to get that built back up because I, yeah, I mean, that is the future of our local short track and NASCAR drivers is starting in the bandos. And at that age, too, I know uh, there's kind of a decision to be made when you're going to go payment racing. Uh, you can either do the cage cart slash, you know, uh, quarter midgets and stuff like that. And then, you know, some kids are going to front wheel drives or going to the pure stocks or something like that. Um, what was it about this division? Why Bandoleros to get things going for you guys? Yeah. Uh- so on my part, the decision was just, uh, you know, the car was perfect. It was the right size. It was low cost to entry. Uh, maintenance costs were low. Um, the knowledge that you needed wasn't like the knowledge <laughs> you need today. You know, you get full size late models, and I'm sure Max can get into that story later. But um, so all those factored in and having good support, good families and stuff. We, uh, we were good friends with Alan's and uh, who we met through racing, actually, at uh, uh, Spartans be by just sitting in the stands, um, and, and, and kind of the way that you've told me the story too, John. Is that you didn't even know you were looking for an avenue for him to start racing at the time. It just it you kind are of really correct. Happened. Yeah, right. You are correct. Yeah, we looked one time earlier uh, when he was about. I don't even remember how old he was, but uh, it, I think it was like the quarter midget deal on the north side of town, uh, behind uh, whatever the sports bar is. Uh, and we did a little like uh, arrive and drive thing and had some fun there, but uh, we didn't uh, we didn't go with that. And uh, probably a good I don't know if it was good or bad, but uh, so we got a late start into racing. But uh, so I think you know with the families that were there, uh, the amount of cars that were there, uh, we felt pretty comfortable, and I felt comfortable, I guess, you know, making the uh, the financial investment to uh, see how this thing goes. The plan is Yeah. Max, I got a question for you. Um, you know, like your dad said, you, you're on a short leash with the Bandoleros because you'd only run for a year or two, right? And, un, until you got to age out of that thing. Uh, and then you get, I believe, into a late model sportsman, right, at, at, at Spartan. Talk about that move. Oh, yeah. That was, uh, you know, we could have moved up to like a Legends car, which probably would have been the smarter move. But I don't think it would be the most fun move, in my opinion. Um, Why, what about what about a Legends car doesn't seem fun to you? I've seen these things run from Nashville to, to Corrigan Oil to everywhere in between. I, they they look like they look like they would be fun. What what didn't appeal them to you, Max? Probably seeing his friend Cody up in the fence. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little bit of a deterrent. Yeah. <laughs> Ed, do you remember that race? 
Oh, I remember it well. Yes, yes. <laughs> Captain Chaos in the fence there. Yes. Yeah. His old mom did it to him. Oh, exactly. He landed on his mom too. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then I think they didn't have the program uh, when after Max aged out. I think the the Legend program went away too. So uh, there was no opportunity to go that route. And uh, front wheel drive, I just didn't. It didn't didn't make sense to me at the time for a career path forward. Thanks, you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and basically just open wheel racing I'm not a fan of just I don't really like the risk of touching tires and flipping over like Cody did with his mom um, just closed wheel just beating and banging racing not like a street stock or anything but just that's where I wanted to go and I was basically just thrown to the wolves my first two years there we had no idea what we were doing um, my car was from like the dinosaur age. <laughs> <laughs> so Ed, that would be about our age. Ed. I know it's, just, it's what a great description. I'm sorry if I laughed and interrupt you. I'm sorry, Max. <laughs> no, it's pretty funny. Thank you for laughing. <laughs> so you get into, um, you get into this division. Tell, t- tell me how that goes for you transition wise, as far as a driver, uh, of course, your youth in this division as well. Um, pretty big, pretty big curveball, right? Oh yeah, pretty good, pretty big curveball. Um, especially with the contenders that I was racing against, you know, uh, like Dane Long. Um, sometimes Mike Araman would do it. Uh, Gord Albus. Um, what was his name? Batman. Huh? I'm. Oh, Andrew. Or, yeah, I mean Drew, uh, Troy Andrews. Troy Andrews. I'm so embarrassed. I forgot his name. Um, I didn't, I didn't write but they're all good um, they were really fun to race against and somehow I ended up finishing third in points my first mm-hmm. season, my rookie year and rookie of the year and most improved driver I'm pretty sure sportsman of the year too somehow, I don't know how I did it but I ended up winning a couple of heat races too those were pretty fun um, I knew I knew where to go for those wins though yeah. If it wasn't for me, he probably would have had some feature wins. <laughs> what does that mean? What does that mean, John? Yeah, expound on that. Oh, sure. <laughs> it's uh, it would be my lack of knowledge on setting up a race car to go around um, a quarter mile asphalt track. He thought, ah, man, you know, I can do all this and handle all this. I now yeah, I'm clueless, and out oh, today I'm still clueless. As a- imagine. Well, and I was going to say too, John. Just I want to touch on that real quick. Sorry, Max. As somebody who raced for his dad as a as a young driver too, in the in his teens, I raced for my dad. John, speak on how frustrating that is when not only as a crew chief and as a team owner do you know you're coming up short, but as a dad, how tough it is to not be able to give your son everything you know he can handle. Yeah, exactly. It was it was a pretty helpless feeling. You know, all the help that you get. Uh, we had a lot of great help. Um, you know, my cameraman was very helpful, uh, you know, for us and, uh, uh, the halls, everybody, you know, everybody had good advice, but what advice do you take? And, uh, or is it set up for you or is the setup for Max? Uh, we didn't know, I didn't know how to teach Max, uh, the, the lingo of tight in, loose off, snap, loose mm-hmm. tight, whatever. Didn't know all the lingo, did not. And even if it was, tight in i'd be like uh okay so now what do i do to make it so it isn't tight in so i'd have to go ask somebody and uh you know so it was it was, it was uh 
that is very frustrating. And uh, as a dad, and you know, you're asking, you know, other competitors to help you, and they're looking at you the look of desperation on your face. And uh, <laughs> it uh, it was definitely a, a, a growing and learning experience. And I got to ask you this. I got to ask you this. Um, did that play at all into your decision um, to get into this deal with Stephen Light Motorsports? Uh, so, uh, no, because the I went there just to be value, have Max evaluated. I, uh, I, you know, I wanted to see where he was at. He was doing good, you know, with antiquated equipment and a uh, pretty useless crew chief. Uh, and car owner and um and i didn't want to put you know that on other people who may be either a little biased towards you know or against max or whatever just they're just not really looking and i just wanted somebody who had no skin in the game no 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 stake at it um and that's what like motorsports provided uh for us was that opportunity to go down have max value you know he was you know 16 17 17 yeah 17 i guess at the time or 16, 16. Uh, 16 at the time. And so we kind of had to make that decision, you know, it's just going to be fun. He's going to be graduating high school soon. Uh, follow your culinary career, go to college. Should we take some time off? What do we do? Oh, and then it's, you know, just racing would be a hobby or is there something there? Sorry. Uh, so that was kind of what played into to going down there and doing that. Ed, go ahead. Well, from there, um, then you, so you scheduled the test and, and you got the test. So let's let's uh, with Max, how how do how would how did that go? How you know when you got there? Once your dad told you you was you was gonna go do something like this, you know, talk to us about how that first made you feel, and then talk us through how the test went. Yeah, uh, compared to what we what we had in uh, North Carolina with the lights to what we had in Spartan. Just imagine trying to get a bullseye and darts blindfolded while you're being like punched in the gut by Conor McGregor. That's like, that's basically the Spartan experience we had. Uh, but in North Carolina with the lights, you know, the, we were surrounded by um, just racers and just high IQ racing guys. And uh, they were, like a gateway to my racing career. Um, you know, when I first met Matt, my spotter slash crew chief there, he immediately, him and I immediately had like, um, good chemistry together. We were telling jokes, we were hugging, you know, every time I came off the track, he was telling me, Oh, uh, he wasn't telling me that I was doing a good job or a great job. He was just telling me like a neutral perspective, like, Oh, try this next time. Or, try this next time, maybe go a little bit higher in, maybe go a little bit lower out, you know. What was the balance for you, Max, between fun, stressful, learning? I mean, obviously you're behind the wheel of a race car. There's got to be some fun to it. But to know that, you know, all right, dad's stepping out on a limb here for for me, and I got a shot here to maybe really show these guys that I can wheel one of these race cars. What was that emotion like for you? Uh, I was definitely, I definitely had a lot of, uh, butterflies in my stomach that day. You know, it was really fun actually going about 90 miles an hour in a three eighth mile track, maybe shorter, a little bit shorter. Um, and actually having a spotter was different too. 
that was pretty fun. Um, having someone talking to my ear, the extent of the, uh, the voices in my head. We don't talk about those. Um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, he was nervous wreck though on the way, you know, I could tell he was a little nervous on the way down. He was pretty quiet. And, uh, but the look on his face, you know, when he got out of the, you know, when he came back in, it was just, that was like, that was totally worth it right there. So Max, you get down there, uh, and you run at Hickory all this year and lo and behold, you come away with the championship. Uh, number one, how'd you do it? And man, you just had to be elated. Uh, you know, definitely my first season, we ended up doing fourth in points right behind my teammate, Josh Stark. Um, I think the very last race I ended up getting crashed out by a lap car on a caution when I got spun out, uh, a little bit of rib damage, but I was pretty much fine. Got a free hospital or not hospital ride, but a ambulance ride. Uh, parents weren't too pleased, but you know, you win some, you lose some, and you just had to move on to next year. Um, it started off really good in the 2021 season. Um, you know, by rate by week five, I think, or week race three, we ended up getting the points lead by a couple points right in front of um, Katie Henniger, I think, and Bryson Ruff. Um, that third race was when, when the crash happened. So we were leaving thought, the points over. Huh? I thought that was the fifth one. Oh, maybe. I kind of written down as third. But anyway. Oh. So. <laughs> well, no, I, mean, no. I, I, I take notes myself because I can't remember the too many dates. So. Well, nonetheless, I, I mean, you know, the, the, one of the things I think about is what you guys had to do to make this commitment to Hickory. So you make a commitment from as a Michigan team or as a Michigan, you know, uh, is, is where you get your start and is where you're known as being from. Uh, it just, it, what are the odds that, that there are a couple of you young drivers down there racing in the South and man, not just field fillers. You guys are down there competing for wins. Um, yeah, it was a huge commitment. Uh, I don't even want to mention how many miles we put on my, on my car. You know, there's 22 seasons or 22 races in a season. And we did it for two seasons, uh, and it's like 700 miles each way. That is, and we only flew like once or twice, and that was in the second season or the first season. And uh, just a lot of time off of work. Uh, big shout out to Applebee's though; they gave me a lot of. They were the managers. They were pretty good with giving me off time of work and working around my race schedule. So it was pretty amazing for a restaurant to yeah. to do that on the weekend. But he did say going in, we have when he interviewed that I'm a race car driver. I don't work weekend. I, I race on weekends. So he prepared. So they knew going in, but, uh, but the miles, so just like the last year, 2021, I, 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 it was 30,000 miles that uh, we put on driving back and forth. <laughs> wow. the more exact number. If, that, if that helps put it into perspective, how much we drove. 30,000 miles. Just just in race just in race travel, just in race travel. This just the twenty twenty one season. Yes. Wow, fantastic! My goodness, Ed. Ed, can you imagine putting thirty thousand miles on in race travel? No, that's around <laughs> averages around eleven hours there, eleven hours back. Uh, John told me he can make it a little quicker sometimes, but there were times it took a little longer. You got to have so. the tailwind, John. <laughs> you got to have the tailwind. Tailway yeah. going downhill. <laughs> <laughs> Ed, I know you've done a lot of preparing for this interview, so I want to throw it back to you. 
Well, uh, you know, he was the 2021 um, uh, limited late model champion at Hickory Motor Speedway. Also was the Big Ten champion, too, uh, last year. So with all that cred now, what, what, what are we looking for in 2022, gentlemen? Ooh. Yeah, well, I guess, you know, it's uh, like most things, you know, the sport, it comes down to marketing partners and sponsorships and, uh, and money. Uh, we're looking to obviously uh, go with like motorsports again. You know, obviously we're very happy with the team and the performance, the bond that we have with them and the chemistry is, is just really good. And basically a second family. Yeah. But we want to continue, you know, matches growth. So we don't want to keep continue doing the same thing when it limited uh, at Hickory. Um, so we're talking with the likes, try to figure out what we can put together. You know, price of things are going up. And uh, so we're just trying to get that all figured out. Uh, we, we've also looked at, uh, here's uh, uh, the, um, I forgot the guy's name. At um, they used to own uh, Myrtle Beach, or promote Myrtle Myrtle Beach, and uh, once they sold that, they went and bought Florence. Um, and mm. they're also uh, Steve Zacharias, and uh, you know, I don't know if that name is familiar with you guys, um, but he's trying to start up uh, all pro limited late model touring series. So we looked at doing that, um, but again, if I can't afford to run the Dickery, I can't afford to do this. So. Well, and I wanted so to ask first. you too. You know, uh, obviously. Katie and the Hettingers did some time with the Junior Late Model Series. Doesn't look like that is going to make a return. Nothing official has been announced yet, but it just all indications point toward. I don't think that'll be back for 2022. Um, But nonetheless, Rich and I have talked about this. We've discussed, you know, it looks like Katie's pushing toward a late model stock career. Uh, You know, up here we look at pro and super late models. What are you guys, what's the read that you guys are getting on that? You know, what is the, what's the, I don't know, difference is the wrong word, but what's the call for the driver to make that decision? Uh, if you're racing down there at Hickory, are you, are you thinking automatically late model stock program is, is the goal? Or are you going to try to come back up north or move over to the, to the west a little ways and, and get into a super late model? What, what are you guys eyeing right now? As an end goal, I guess. Not necessarily next year or two years down the road, but in the future. Yeah, I'll let Max talk about it. I want it to be his career, his future, and I'll just support him with his decisions. And we talk a lot, but uh, Max, you know, talk about where you'd like to go and be and what you're working on, what you're doing. Uh, you know, you know, the ultimate goal is just NASCAR, but, you know, that's just an easy answer. Um, but also, I would like to go, like, truck racing and ARCA racing, maybe more in the West. Um, you know, I like to travel, though, going back and forth from North Carolina and Michigan isn't really traveling, I guess, but maybe for maybe some more out West would be kind of cool. Just more traveling, you know, maybe like, uh, Bristol or something more in like, East, you got to send you back to the geography classes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Got to get the schooling in while you're on the road. Oh my God. Yeah. I guess we got to do Sorry. <laughs> was that a challenge, Max? I mean, being you guys obviously had to leave during the week and probably in, in school uh, while you guys were in school, too. Was that something that you had to make a change on? Uh, funny thing, uh, during the 2021 season or 2020 season, uh, because of the pandemic that happened, I was a senior in high school, and basically they said if your grades are good enough, you can stop going and you graduate like three months early. So that definitely helped a whole bunch 
with racing and not getting in the way of racing. Uh, they'd have never let me do that, Rich. They'd have made me go every single day, probably a couple days after. <laughs> I, was, I was just going to say, you mean something good came out of this pandemic? Are you kidding me? <laughs> they would have made me go extra. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, guys, this is a really interesting story. Uh, again, talking with the Price family, Max and John, uh, who got their careers, uh, really, Max got his career started up here in Michigan at Corrigan Oil Speedway and, and now uh, is is registered down as a winner and and uh, ultimately a champion at, at uh, you know down south there. What's it mean for you to write your name in that book of of, of champions down there at a racetrack that's so historic like that? Oh, uh, dude, I'm I'm still like I still can't believe it. Like having my name down there, being a Michigan resident. Uh, by the way, I'm I'm not proud enough to represent such a great state um, as Michigan. But, you know, the history at uh, Hickory Motor Speedway with the Earnhardt family and all the rest of the champions there when it was, uh, like, back in the 40s um, with Ralph Earnhardt, you know, all the history just means so much to me. Being written down as one of the champions there means so much to me. Two twice champions, by the way, with Big Ten and the regular season. Yeah, good point. And, and, and right, rightful to point that out, too, because that's important. Um. Uh, both of those champions were a challenge, especially at like the last five races with um, with all my teammates being really close to me, Bryson Ruff being really close to me. You know, it was a literally a one race difference between the four of us. Um, if someone didn't show up one race, another one of us would show up and just take that first place spot. So it was just all or nothing. You know, if you don't win, you don't win. If you do win, that's awesome. And you get your name written down in the freaking list of champions at Hickory Motor Speedway. Well, guys, uh, this has been really cool to catch up. And again, Ed, I know you put a lot of time in. I want to make sure you don't have any last uh, last minute questions here before we put a bow on this. No, we covered his story, which is what I wanted to get out there more than anything. So. Well, guys, uh, congratulations on, on a fantastic couple of seasons down there. Really looking forward to seeing what you guys have cooking for 2022. Uh, sounds like you got some irons in the fire, but just need to get a couple of those up to temperature, and then we'll hear more about that. And by the way, very active on social media, Max. Where can folks follow along with what you have going on? Oh, uh, Instagram is Max period Price Racing, um, and then Facebook is Max Price Racing. Those are the probably the only two uh, social medias we have. Um, I'm pretty active on Instagram and my dad's pretty active on Facebook. So there's those. And uh, can I shout people out real quick? Oh, of course. Absolutely. Um, well, of course, there's the light motorsports, you know, Eugene, Matt, Kevin, Ashley, Kyle, Woody, Dana, um, and Cade Bowman, Ashley's son, my teammates, Mason Ludwig, Mason Maggio, Josh Stark, and, um, you know, Chase James and his family, of course, obviously, and Katie Hedinger and her family. Uh, they all played a big role down there in North Carolina. Um, and, of course, people in Michigan, you know, Big Ed, the one and only. Um, Dane Long and his family, Logan Houghton, uh, the Halls, John Parrish and his dad and his family. Um, Sonny and Laura. Oh, my God. Sonny and Laura, they let us stay like five times at their house 
in the 2020 and 21 season. Uh, just amazing people. Um, I also want to shout out to Rain Silva, one of my best friends in Michigan. She literally watched every race in Michigan. She was there for the championship. Yep. Yeah. She was there for the championship. She uh, came all the way down to North Carolina to watch the championship. Wow. Friendship. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I mean, we have so many stories and weird things that we could tell. I mean, we could take up a whole hour just telling good yeah. stories and just weird oddity, oddity things that, uh, you know, having, a, you know, my friend down there in Lincoln, which is like 30 minutes from Hickney that I graduated high school from. And then there's a whole bunch of other stories that happened. It's just like, wow, it's just crazy. Well, it sounds um, like we'll have to uh, find, yeah. find a reason to you get you guys on again. Crazy stories. Yeah, I know. We'll have to get you on again just to hear about all the stories for sure. Well, guys, uh, really appreciate you making time to join us on the show. Again, congratulations on behalf of Rich and, and Ed. I uh, want to say thanks for being on the show, and, and good luck with what you've got going on this year. Thank you. Uh, it's really been a pleasure, like, really being on this podcast, and thank you for hosting us and featuring us. Uh, definitely want to do it again. Time for our second interview tonight, and this uh, gentleman is no stranger to the program. We love having an opportunity to bring him on, and he's a mover and shaker in our uh, industry and in our state, and that's why he gets so much airtime. I don't care what anybody says. When you win uh, more money in one year racing than I'll ever make, uh, that's when you get to be on our program. Uh, Donamar Coolier joins us. Good evening, sir. Howdy, guys. Man, Dona, let's uh, let's talk first. Let's backtrack a little bit to the uh, 2021 season. You're in your shop tonight preparing for 2022. You look back on all the success you had last year. Tell me how that motivates you and gets you ready to go for what is going to be, we're going to talk about it, in a pretty aggressive 2022 schedule. I mean, honestly, just being prepared. I mean, I, I never thought you know, four years ago, we would be, you know, in a, in a spot we are with equipment and sponsors. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, like our last couple of years, ever, ever since we kind of switched chassis, honestly, and we just kind of took off and kind of, we all just gelled together between our engine program, our chassis builder, our pit crew, you know, sponsors. And, you know, every, every year we just try to try to do better than the last, of course, but uh, the last two years we've had, you almost can't, you almost can't top it, honestly. So. Let me uh, ask you, by the way, because you are tinkering in there. Uh, what are what are we racing? What are we putting together? What uh, what are we going to see you going to Victory Lane in this year? I got the answer you know, to that. I already know. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're just. Uh, I mean, we we sold a car, and uh, Ronnie Stucky called me over the winter and kind of made us a deal we couldn't refuse on a on a new car, and then you know, we got a brand new 2022 Black Diamond going together with a brand new motors, brand new Matt Ryan uh, racing engine sitting in it, and. Uh, we're close, honestly. We're to the final steps. I mean, just uh, just some wraps and some scales, and um, you know, our, our car from last year, our 2020 car. I mean, just besides put some stickers on it, that's ready to go. And I mean, they both got fresh bodies. And um, honestly, I mean, it's it's always nice when you when you look back as a racer when you're you know middle of February and you're and you're prepared. Like honestly, I mean, heck, if you wanted to, you could load up and go to East Bay if you wanted to, but uh, if you but, wanted uh, to. <laughs> <laughs> if you wanted to, yeah, it's, it's, everybody knows what that costs. So, but, uh, but no, we're excited. I mean, uh, you know, we got a brand new Black Diamond race car. It's a new, new design um, to us. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to put us where we need to be to be able to get out a little more this year. Um, you know, Matt, Matt Ryan has stepped up huge in his motor program where we got three of the best engines I think you can buy um, to compete, you know, at a, at a good regional or a national level. And that's kind of why we kind of put in our schedules. We're just going to try, you know, the, all depends on funds, you know, of course, how the year's going. If we, if we suck, then we won't go four or five hours or something like that. But 
but uh, I don't know. I think we're just in just in a good spot with our team. You know, if uh, you know everybody knows uh, Bubba Patrick, Patrick Plumbing. I mean, ever since he called me two years ago and wanting to buy a car, and you know, and it's really just exploded since then. We've had some great success, and we're just growing. I mean, all of our partners and marketing partners, and you know, it's just uh, you know, and plus, you know, like Mike Blackner stepping up too. Like, I mean, I, I gotta. I do got to say something about Mike, you know, I mean, years ago, we were actually, we were just talking about that this weekend, you know, we were, we we're running for a thousand, fifteen hundred dollars a win every weekend. And you know, Mike's actually stepped up and allowed us to have a series where we can actually run for some money that way we can kind of stay up on our equipment, you know, for what these things cost. And, you know, without, without him supporting dirt, I mean, late model racing in Michigan, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have what we have. So. Well, just what I usually do, Don, is when, when I'm here, when we do the show, um, on the monitor next to me, I have Speed Weeks from East Bay. And you made a good decision because you would have been entrant number 72 tonight. Uh, are you <laughs> kidding me? 72 late models there. Tell me, what was this decision? I mean, obviously, you got a couple cars going together. Um, what was the major decision? I know we had talked last year and a couple years ago. You know, you're just a hometown guy. You just wanted to race close to home and and you know, maybe go to a couple of different tracks, but really not get out of the state too much. What was the big decision? You know, this year is just, uh, it's just really our program. I mean, um, we kind of sat down here a few weeks ago, Bubba came up to the shop and we kind of sat down and kind of, you know, got all the schedules out and it's kind of, and we kind of put together like a dream schedule, like a bucket list schedule too. I mean, you know, places we haven't been to or, you know, since, since Bubba and I got together, um, you know, Patrick Plumbing, he's always wanted to go to Eldora and I mean, you know, that's kind of my personal opinion on Del- Eldora is if it's just a, you got to be, be prepared to come home with nothing, which is like blow up motors, wreck race cars. You know, it's always been hard for a program like us or both you know, to go to a racetrack like that. Yeah, it's, it's just hard. I mean, and he's, he, we kind of were joking around. We went down to Black Diamond in December and picked up our new car and we stopped by Matt's and, uh, you know, pick up our motor. We just had freshened and I kind of, I kind of threw him under the bus and I said, I'll go to Eldora if you order a new motor and, uh, I'll be, I'll be surprised that, uh, he, he did that. So I guess we're going Eldora. So <laughs> I got to ask you, you know, in, in 2020, Travis had the big season, right? Uh, it seemed like, mm-hmm. like he was raking in all the money and it, it almost seemed like everything just switched over to you guys. Um, even performance wise, you, you guys were very, very strong all of 2021. Um, talk about going through that season and, and how, how strong that car was all season long. Well, still like, like 21, we finally got back to our program, you know, everything's at my shop and, you know, we, you know, we get to put the time in it here, you know, so 2020, you know, we were kind of still rebuilding we were kind of bouncing around cars and, you know, we still had older equipment, older motors, and, you know, we could only do what we could do with our equipment. And I still think 20, 2020, you know, we had one older car and one newer car. Um, it wasn't brand new, of course, but uh, I mean, we, we won our summer nationals race and I still back out in the shop looking at the check on the wall right now. And that's still my, <laughs> I mean, that's, the highlight of my career. I mean, I don't think I can do anything more than that. I mean, I'm, if I retire tomorrow, I'd be okay with it. But, uh, but just, you know, we were able to sell some of our older motors and get some new stuff and really just to keep new parts on the car. You know, when you're, when you're cycling out transmissions, rims, and, you know, and that's the biggest thing when you start to get older equipment, you start, I wouldn't say hanging around home a little more, but you're, you're afraid to take risk. You know, when you've got a, you know, 20 year old motor or, you know, it's just, uh, you know, with newer stuff, you can take better risk, and it's just—I don't. I think we're just better prepared, honestly. So. Well, and I, I, you know, the thing that's always been interesting to me, Dona, is 
you know, we look at your dominance when we had ethanol, and we look at how good you are at merit on a consistent basis in Tri-City as well. Um, and then I, I think that there's maybe a disconnect. Fans, I think, understand, and we all obviously know, that racing takes money. Uh, there's no question about that, that, that money has a lot to do with, with speed. But, Dona, we saw that transitional period, and I want you to elaborate that on a little bit more, you know, kind of as ethanol was tailing off, and then there was that little limbo stage before Challenge Series, and then, as you mentioned, getting a phone call and somebody deciding they wanted to put money into your program. I mean, you were really, you were down to, you know, almost just a pickup truck and an open trailer, it felt like, pulling a late model yeah, to the I racetrack. Mean, I mean, just talk about how much of a game changer that is to get some people behind you. Well, the biggest thing is just like when we had those killer years in ethanol, I mean, I'll never, I'll never, I mean, I'm always grateful for anybody who has ever been a part of a roast, our program, you know, with Northside towing and stuff like that. But when we split, um, I pretty much sold everything I had besides a couple motors. I mean, I didn't have a car. I didn't have a truck, a trailer. And that whole 19 season, I mean, I, I, I went out and I bought a used car from Frankie, uh, Frank Hekinus, and uh, it was still, it was, it was an older black diamond kind of, it was like a, I think it was a 16 car, you know, it was a couple years old, but it was what I could afford. And we come out to that last ethanol show with a, you know, with an 18 degree motor on a big half mile racetrack. And if we wouldn't have had that flat tire with seven to go, I think we would have won that coming back out first time in our own equipment. And, uh, you know, and then even like the whole 2019 season, I mean, it wasn't for Chad Foster, let me borrow a trailer all year. I mean, I didn't have my own trailer. I, I had my head a pickup, but, uh, but just the people in my life have just, you know, the friends, family, you know, everybody who's just really helped me and I'm really grateful and I'm, I'm still very thankful for everybody I've met in racing from, you know, from a teenager until, you know, my late thirties. But, uh, um, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm very blessed. I mean, I'm, I mean, you hear a lot of guys always talking and you ride the wave as long as you can. I mean, they're always going to have those tough years and, you know, and you got to be pretty humble because this sport, you, you and I both know Zach, I mean, you can be on fire for two years and next year you come out and you have a flat tire season where you can't catch a break. And yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you and I both know how this, how this sport is and we try very hard to be prepared. And, uh, I mean, but it's very humbling for it that way. Let's talk about this schedule as we break it down. Starts at the beginning of April with the player hater at Winston, which may be one of uh, my new favorite events on, on, uh, racing's calendar. That was a lot of fun last year. And somebody rightfully pointed out on social media, everybody talks about the wood tick last corner pass. Nobody talks about the player hater last corner last lap uh side by side at the line finish that you were a part of uh that was you know one of the great races of the year anyhow this schedule goes from april through october and don't know when i look at this thing not once does it just say weekly race at you know xyz racetrack every one of these events whether it's mars lucas oil hell tour challenge series or uh, the Flow Racing uh, Night of Racing, every one of these is a big event. Talk about the decision to just load this thing up with some big key marquee races this year. Well, and, to, and it goes back to the you know a couple weekends ago when you know Bubber and I sat down. I mean, we kind of you know we, since that Mars deal come out, um, I don't know back in November when that three weekend or that three great or was it May 11th through the 13th. You know, for yep. us, that's kind of like. Yeah, it could six hours to go to Spoon River, but every racetrack's only 45 minutes apart. So there really isn't a whole lot of diesel cost besides getting there, of course, and then uh, and just getting to run with those guys and so much more you can learn, you know, like, you know, we'll go down there and we'll hopefully get to, you know, part next to, you know, Albertson and, you know, Ronnie Stuckey can kind of just give us new things. I mean, everybody knows you run, 
you run at one place your whole life, you're only as good as your local guys, you know, and that's, that's kind of was our focus is if we can step out and I'll be honest, Zach, like, I mean, if, if we're at a point in our race team, where we're kind of, you know, we're, we're just skimming along with our funds and stuff like that. I mean, we'll stay home, you know, and try to race local for a little bit until we can get our racing program. I would say, you know, funds, you know, diesel money and, you know, that kind of stuff or tire money, basically, you know, to be able to get back out on the road. But, um, you know, the Mar the Mars, or not the Mars deal, but the Castro deal was, was for sure. We're going to do that. Um, we're going to go to Eldora for the million week. And I haven't been to Eldora since 2000, I think 14, maybe 14 or 13. I can't remember the last time I was even at that racetrack. And then, uh, we kind of just played it long like that. Like I've always wanted to go to Warnerville. You know, we put it on the schedule, you know, and say we're going, but I'm, I'll be honest, if where things aren't going, go, we'll probably stay close to home. And that was one but of the tracks I was going to ask you about specifically is Lernerville because, man, that place looks like a lot of fun. No wall around it, high bank, got to be real methodical and real careful with what you're doing. Kind of sounds like a little bull ring I know up north. Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. I mean, it's not about, you know, the, the caliber of cars. It's just racetracks that you've always wanted to go to. And same way with Brownstown. I mean, I've never been there. And, you know, every time you watch it on TV, I mean, it's always last lap passes. And if you can get to a place where you can just gain more experience is the biggest thing, you know, and, and I'm not going to lie. Like if we're, if we're, if we're not doing very good and we need to focus on a program to get it better at home, we'll stay home. But uh, as of right now, I think we put together what we want to do. And if everything goes and clicks pretty good, I mean, we're going to fire off of the challenge series and, you know, run through that until, you know, if everything's on a plus side and we might change a few things up, but uh, you know, and it's just, trying new things and you know just having fun honestly and you know sometimes you, you get you get in that grind and you, you, everybody knows how racing can be so much drama and stuff like that and you know and as long as you're having fun you're winning i mean i wouldn't say you're winning but as long as you're having fun as a group and everybody's happy we'll keep going so Tony, you you brought up the castro night of racing that's spoon river and lincoln um also El, the adora week you're going to go to also you mentioned the lucas oil events but something that caught my eye was the Mars Series events. Talk about that and uh, what Tony Izzo's got going down there. Yeah, I mean, I've never, I mean, I've, I've known Tony, I mean, I don't know him personally. I mean, I've only talked to him a few times just from, like, the ethanol stuff when we went down there, you know, back in 18 uh, when I when I helped bring the thrill out that weekend. But uh, it's just uh, it's just different experience. I mean, we went to Fairbury last year for that Summer National Show, and we came from 18th to 8th. I mean, that was a racetrack where you could move all over. I mean, nobody ran over your nose or doored you or, you know, you come back in the pits and your, your four tires are still, I wouldn't say perfect, but, you know, it's uh, its just the enjoyment of this, this different atmosphere. And, uh, you know, like for me personally, like, I mean, I know everybody talks Fairbury and stuff like that, but realistically, it's just its just the experience, honestly. And you get to run next to, you know, Peckinus, Fager, Shirley, you know, Albertson. I mean, I mean, we all know that flow week. I mean, the goal is for me is just to make the show. If I make the show, it's pretty much like winning the little 100 every night because that's basically my goal is to, just make the show and just learn some laps and you know and just get get it just get a good notebook going and and i always felt like in the years past when i ventured out a little more you know in ohio and illinois we come back home and we're on our a game and you know and, and, and it shows so now i don't i don't want to jinx you but i have a question just because you, you kind of alluded to it you know that possibly if you know if you're having some issues you might stay home a week or two of these but what if you're not having the year the challenge series year that you expect, um, are you going to stay with those events or, or, or if, if something happens with that, are you going to decide to go on the road more? I mean, personally, it's kind of how we, we kind of, we kind of played it up until July because we're going to run all the way up until, um, you know, 4th of July week and all that kind of stuff. We'll be there. And, uh, 
it's one of those deals where we're just not having a break. I wouldn't say breakout year, but if we're not, you know, if we're 50 or 80 points out and, you know, you pretty much got to win out to, you know, win the series and we'll probably venture out a little more. But if we're in the hunt, I mean, we'll probably still follow that deal. So. But, you know, like I was like I was saying, you know, we we talked about I think last time you were on, we talked about the change in the point system. Right. From mm-hmm. when Travis won it to when you won it a whole different deal. Um, you can really stay in this new point system as they had in 2021, almost all the way to the end, can't you? You can, honestly. And when they change that, and the biggest reason why like all, a lot of us guys wanted that was nothing that's like dirt or asphalt, but like with dirt cars, and you know this, Rich, I mean, the first car out can have fast time or the last car, guy out can have fast time just because you're, you don't get the same racetrack. You know, look at look at tonight down East Bay, you know, the, I mean, second guy out was quick time and you know the last car out was two seconds off the pace and you just can't compete with that kind of stuff with a with a qualifying point series I and mean, you've got to make it level with group qualifying and that kind of deal just to just to level it off because you know asphalt you guys get the same racetrack all night basically i mean it might change in the heat and stuff like that but pretty much you're with intense you know and and everybody knows in the dirt in dirt dirt racing right now i mean i mean your top 10 guys top 10 cars in michigan we're not seconds apart i mean we're you know 100s or tenths apart you know so you go out and you're two tenths off you know and that's that's different from starting in the front row or starting fourth row. You know, that's how close we are right now with our, with our equipment. I mean, it's, it's crazy to think that, but I mean, qualifying, going group qualifying, it allows, I guess, a level playing field with, with racetrack conditions. All right. Here's the fun part of this. Uh, you put together this, uh, now let me see here. I can't do math very quickly. What is this? What are we looking at here? Maybe uh, 30. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's like 30 or 29. Okay. Very good. Of these 30 races, is there one or two or or I know you mentioned that week where you're going Castrol night through Mars, which is the 11th through the 14th on this calendar. But is there a night or a series of races that you're really looking forward to, Dona? I mean, there's really, I mean, realistically, I mean, all of them are all I, I am looking forward to. I mean, the Castrol, the Dream Week. I mean, I haven't been to all the door, door in so long, and. You know, and just to get back there, I mean, I know that's going to be a tough field, even just to just to be just to be in competition. You know, because there's so many good cars for that. But I would say the flow week is probably the week I'm looking forward most to, and and even you know with the all star stuff or an all star, yeah, challenge series stuff. You know, getting back out to I-96 and Hartford. I mean, I haven't been, I haven't been to Hartford, you know, and since we had that crash here back in '17, you know, and um. I'm excited for even all of those. I mean, just the, the state of Michigan. I mean, I think it's going to grow. I think our late model racing is going to get bigger. Um, and I really think there's going to be a lot more people. I mean, even with Black, Black Mirror buying, you know, Thunderbird, I think that's a great thing for that side of the state. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of controversy with people not liking the tire rule or this or that or qualifying, but he does a really good job. I mean, see, people seem to forget that. Like, he does a, he runs a pretty good program, and he's fair. And, uh, and of course, he did run for a little bit more money, too, so. I think Eldora is going to be, you're going to be pretty excited for that, Dona. I mean, that, that, that seems like that's kind of a track that, that's got you kind of written all over it. I, you just got to make sure you take at least two or three motors with you, right? Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing is this qualifying down there. That's kind of like, I'm the kind of guy, you know, if we can qualify where we're starting, you know, I'm not going to lie. If you're rolling out in a heat race in the 10th row or something like that, you might just say, Hey, we'll try again tomorrow. Cause you had to get watered up on one of those, you know, vicious slide jobs or something from one of the front guys, you know, but, I don't know if you can just get qualified, Eldora. Um, it's really a lot different since I was there. It used to be a lot more banked. You kind of ran around the top. And it's kind of leveled off, honestly, where you can kind of run all over the last you know, four or five years. And, you know, and we've, we've got a really good piece. I mean, 
hopefully by then we got three or four nights on a new car and we kind of got a notebook and hopefully we feel confident and we'll have uh you know we've got three really good engines i mean they're all fresh i mean one, one's brand new and the other two are fresh um so we should be stacked with equipment and we kind of upgraded our truck and trailer again kind of a weird deal how that worked out wasn't looking to do that but it just happened with a phone call type of deal and uh so we've got some i'm really excited i mean I'm ready for the snow belt. I'm ready to, ready to start start traveling. So. <laughs> yeah, you and everybody else, Dona, and uh, you know what? This calendar looks pretty good. I'm excited for it. Uh, I'm <clears throat> telling you what. I'm a little bit jealous about May 14th. Is there a way I can jump on the Dona Marcoulier bandwagon and head to uh, you know what? And the 13th, Farmer City and Fairbury. Man, I love those tracks. Those are some cool race tracks mm-hmm. in Illinois. I, I was gonna slip in the rig for Eldora. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean you, you were there for the ethanol stuff, and it's just a totally different hype when you go down here. It's, uh, I mean, you walk to the pits and you just see the drivers and the caliber, and it's just a, you know, it's it's just different. I mean. Um, you know, and that's what we're excited for. I mean, I really can't, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be where I am right now without, you know, with Bubba Patrick. I mean, I mean, we're, we're not just sponsors or, you know, a race team. I mean, we're friends. I mean, we've been friends for, you know, 10 years. I mean, you know, we, we spend a lot of time together. And if it wasn't for that, man, I mean, we, we would be where we're at. I mean, you know, Patrick Plumbing, you know, life, lifetime sponsor for me, Dennis Kraft, you know, DJ uh, Robinson, you know, Ronnie Stuckey out of Black Diamond, they stepped up and, you know, giving me equipment uh, I've never thought I'd ever have in my life, you know, that we could afford. And, uh, you know, just Matt Ryan and his, you know, his in the program out of, out of Indiana, I, I really feel like we have all the tools and all the pieces as long as we can do our job and, you know, and qualify good and keep the, keep the cars up. And I think, I think we're, you know, I'm not, I mean, even, I'm, I hate being optimistic, but uh, I just really hope for a good year, honestly. I mean, I'm not saying to go out and win, you know, 10 races or nothing like that, but if we can make the bigger shows, I would be happy with that. That would be kind of like my goal for the years, make, make the big shows. So. Don't I got to give somebody a hard time before we let you go. Um, by the way, you can go on Dona Marcoulier Racing's Facebook page. Uh, the schedule for the 2022 season uh, is posted there. I think you need to get a hold of whoever posted, whoever typed up the schedule, because I don't think it was you because they spelled your last name wrong. Oh no! Don't do that. I have to give the car owner a hard time. I was bummed that did all that. So I'll be giving him a hard time. Oh, it was the car owner. It's all right. We'll let it go. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's the guy who owns everything. It's spelled perfectly. (laughs) Uh, Don't. I'm just very thankful. I mean, I'm I'm thankful for all the fans, even you guys. You know, for what you guys do for the sport and. uh, I just think Michigan racing and you know, just everybody, you know, and um, I'm not trying to, you know, leave the conversation alone, but I'm just really thankful for everything that's happened in the last, you know, four or five years, you know, with, uh, with the all-star deal, um, your growth and social media. I mean, it's really helped out with sponsors for all of us. I mean, I, um, you know, I just want to thank everybody and all of our, all of our great fans. So everybody bought a t-shirt and stuff that all helps out with diesel fuel. And I'm just, just want to thank everybody. All right, Dona. Well, we appreciate you as well making time to join us tonight. Good luck with 2022. The first race, first weekend, probably will be Horsepower Happening's first weekend of coverage as well. Starts April 1st through the 2nd with a player hater at Winston Speedway. Dona, we look forward to seeing you there. All right, sounds good, guys. All right, big show tonight. Uh, why not? It's the brand-new season, so we had to stretch our time limit, right? <laughs> we had to, had to roll into this one pretty deep here for Season 4. Uh, a look at the upcoming calendar, Rich France. we got a couple of things going on as Speed Weeks continues down in Florida. 
Yeah, like I, like like we said uh, earlier, Lucas Oil Dirt Late Model Series, the 46th annual Risco Winter National, Zach, at East Bay Raceway Park. Tonight through Saturday, six straight days. Uh, $5,000 will kick things off tonight. Uh, you can get the event schedules for all of that at Lucas Oil at LucasDirt.com. Uh, also, Volusia Speedway Park, uh, UMP Dirt Car Nationals get underway tomorrow. That's because they were canceled tonight due to saturated grounds. Tonight was supposed to be night night number one. They'll kick things off tomorrow with the UMP Modifieds and the All-Star Circuit of Champion Sprint Cars taking center stage. 7.30 start each night through February 19th. Uh, one night off through that whole time, Sunday, February 13th, for the Super Bowl, I assume, Zach. <laughs> uh, and if you're interested in Volusia uh, information, event schedules are available at VolusiaSpeedwayPark.com. And then starting next Friday, something I think I'll be watching, and maybe you can get a little bit too, Zach. New Smyrna World Series of Asphalt Stock Car Racing kicks off this Friday at 7.30. Super Late Models, Pro Late Models, Sportsman, Florida Modifieds, and Bombers kick off night number one, the first of nine consecutive nights of racing. And you can get all information on the World Series at NewSmyrnaSpeedway.com. Org, not com, dot org. And I know you and Scott Menlin, and uh, I'm going to try to help as much as I can, too, are going to work to compile these uh, this information on our website, horsepowerhappenings.com, excuse me, dot com, uh, kind of a one-place go for folks to keep their finger on the on the pulse of what's happening at Speed Weeks. Yep, we're going to try to get some stories up every day or every two days best, as fast as we can. Um, make sure you go to horsepowerhappenings.com slash news, read up on all the stories we got going on. Uh, they won't all just appear on the Facebook page. So you can go to the website and check out and keep up to date with what's going on uh, before we come back and see you next Monday. That's right. Next Monday, we'll be right back here, same time, same place as always. Want to say thanks to Dona Marcoulier for making time to join us. Thanks, of course, to Max and uh, his dad and Big Ed for being a part of uh, everything that we did tonight as well. And, of course, want to say thanks to you fans for making it possible for us to be here for season number four of Horsepower Happenings, episode one of, like, 57 or something. I don't know what's going to happen this year. Here we go again. (laughs) (laughs) Episode one of the new season is underway, and we're glad to have you here on Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.